Welcome in. Wednesday live chat for this week's Hero World Challenge or really, I guess, anything else you want to talk about. Um, I think this is going to be pretty low-key today, right? There's 20 golfers in the field. I could do a deep dive on all of them, probably not get to an hour. So we'll see how long this goes. If you want to talk about anything else, if you want to learn together on the fly, if we want to find out answers to questions we've always had, now's the time. Uh, So really anything you want in the chat, we can talk about uh, some potential ownership, some potential weather, uh, the the season-long fantasy leagues that are filling up like crazy right now and the drafts that are going on there. So really kind of open forum, and we'll go until we run out of things to talk about. That seems pretty fair. Uh, Tom <laughs> says, good to see you're back from Ikea. What's a good target ownership projection for our lineups? Yeah, I full Full disclosure, like I love Ikea. It's great, right? There's there's so much going on there. Armina was like, I, I could live at Ikea. It's like, yeah, of course you. It's like a 500,000 square foot warehouse designed for everyone's uh, wants and desires for living with a restaurant. Like, of course you could live here. It's like, of course you could. They want you to say that. But uh, yeah, love, love it over there. Okay, a good target ownership projection for our lab. So... Um, let's think about this. If you were in kind of an average week, uh, you know, six golfers, you'd have like average 16% ownership in each one of those spots, but you're rostering basically God, six out of 20, six, 12, 18, like 30% of the field in every single lineup. I think if you were to keep it under one sixty. That feels kind of right-ish, right? You could get a 40% owned uh, Scotty Scheffler and then kind of fill it out with some of the 20s guys, 420, yeah, something like that. 150, 160 feels like kind of an interesting number to start with. I, I, I don't know the right answer, Tom. That's just kind of where I'm at right now. Hey, Rick, can we do a deep dive on Morikawa and his strokes game putting on Bermuda in the last 36 rounds? Thanks, as always. Yeah, all right. So um, this is my website, rickrungood.com. Everything you see is uh, from here, barring except maybe the weather. But um, yeah, let's do this. So let's do uh, strokes game by round on Bermuda. We will sort by or filter by Colin, and then we will look at his putting numbers. So uh, let's see. Uh, and then last 36 goes back to like what it's actually, it goes back pretty far. It goes back to like March lost three plus a half lost four plus a half lost 4.8. Um, he has a lot more really bad putting weeks than he does have really good putting weeks. You know, his best putting week of 2022 on Bermuda was plus 2.3. He had a couple of weeks that were worse than that on the negative side, uh, all within his last handful of starts. So He's not a very uh, solid putter in general, but he's really not all that good on Bermuda, right? So he's lost in the last season and then the start of this one, two-thirds of a stroke on putting on Bermuda. Overall, yeah, he's like 0.2 in the negative. So you can see this is not generally a surface that he finds great success on, um, and he doesn't find a lot of success on, on a lot of surfaces. But hey, maybe he finds it. Maybe he, maybe he puts it all together. Rick, do you have any suggestions on how to approach this week from a DFS content standpoint? Better to just play some double up, skip GPPs, et cetera. Thanks. No. So I I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm going to change the uh, style of contest that I play. You know, my brain works in a specific way. I like to play the GPPs for me to try to switch around and then say, okay, I'm going to play the double ups 
or like the four mans. Like, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm just going to adjust my strategy in the contest that I'm already playing. So I think it's a very heavy game theory week. You know what I mean? Like Tony Finau projected to be 50% owned, John Rahm, 54% owned, Tom Kim, 46% owned. Can you play all three of those guys and win a GPP? Probably not, right? You would have to probably then play Kisner and Straka and Horschel, maybe, or not even, maybe Connors and hope that those guys finish like one, two, three. So I, I just think you've got to be a little bit, uh, a little bit different here in terms of, in terms of ownership, in terms of builds, you know, if you start your lineups, um, even starting with Tony feet, I guess I could just show you the cheat sheet. So starting with Finau would get you out of, um, two of like the four highest owned golfers in Scheffler and Rom, and you would still get Finau who's great and he's going to be heavily owned and all that stuff. That would at least probably give you a different build, even though you are taking on one of the more highly projected golfers, or you just skip all these guys, right? You know, if you went Xander, Fitzpatrick, Burns, so on and so forth, uh, I think you'll be different and are you going to tell me those guys don't have a chance to win this golf tournament? So uh, long story short, Andy, no, I'm just, um, or Dave, sorry. I'm just changing the strategy in which I'm playing. Andy says, if DraftKings was around in either 2000 or 2005 for prime Tiger, what would Tiger's salary have been for an average strength of field event? All right. So let's lay a baseline here. Um, and we'll go to, where do I have this? probably most handy um here and let's see just like what some of the higher salary golfers have been so the tour championship you kind of throw that out so last handful of years you haven't gotten like thirteen thousand is kind of the most they've gone with um and actually i think if i uncheck this i'll get more yeah like 13 and that's tour championship stuff all right so if twelve or thirteen thousand is kind of our baseline, uh, Tiger would have had to have been nineteen, right? Nineteen thousand, and you would have to decide whether you were going to spend a third of your salary on him. It may be even higher than that. I mean, there was a stretch of golf where he was winning like half of the events that he played, and 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 odds makers were giving you like minus one ten Tiger versus the field. So if 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 that's the case, um. Maybe he's twenty thousand. Maybe he's twenty five thousand. You just have to decide whether to spend half your half your salary cap or not. And probably more often than not, you should have. Interesting. Jock market power hour this week. Yep, same time, same place. Eight fifteen p.m. Eastern time. They've. I'll just. I'll just show you right now, Brett. So they un. They unveiled this right. So constant innovation at Jock Market. So now they've got. Um, just like an, an an entry fee contest, similar to D, similar to a, a DraftKings or a FanDuel or something like that, where you pay fifty bucks, everybody gets a thousand chips, and then the prizes are paid out based on where your portfolio finishes. So this one that I have up is fifty bucks, twenty dollar, uh, twenty person contest. It pays out the top five. $425 for first. So a different way to get involved, which I think is fun because if you had $50 to invest, you know, in the jock market, would you say, okay, I'm going to go and buy four shares of John Rom, Or would you say, I'm going to put $50 into this contest and then I can get freaky and get some shares of Tom Kim and some shares of Rom and some shares of Scotty. And like, it's just a different format. And I think that 
the the more different formats that these guys put out there and it, it helps to break down the barriers of entry for people because I know I like options, right? I like options as well. So Jock Market, they're killing it. I'm stoked for them. They support everything we're doing in like the season long fantasy side of things. Like they just absolutely get it. So um, go sign up, go enter this $50 contest and then join us tonight for the power hour. There's a link in the description. Use the code Rick. It'll get you a deposit bonus as well. How long would Kiz have to be for you to throw $100 on him this week? Well, um, I can tell you that. So let me look at this. So Kiz, I saw Kiz as long as like 85 to 1. He won <laughs> He won the simulation that I ran. So I ran the simulation. This is the tournament predictor on rickrungood.com. You can just go look at this. Um, he won my simulation 1.5% of the time. That's wild right so that actually kind of puts him right in that 70 to 80 to 1 range so that's fair what i believe to be fair uh if you wanted to have something that was more than fair if kisner got to 90 or 100 to 1 yeah that that's that's where i would put 100 bucks on that's 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 where Hey, Rick, you're the man. Thanks, Jay. How much would you leave on the table in a tournament this week? Do you think Tiger will be able to walk Augusta in April? Um, I think that Tiger doesn't know how he's going to feel when he wakes up. And you're kind of at the mercy of... Remember, it's not just the foot, right? Like the back, it's everything. I think Tiger is very much at the mercy of the way he feels in the morning. And when he walks a bunch of holes on Thursday, how's he going to feel on Friday? Right? So I, I have no idea. I think he'll put himself in a, in a great position now knowing, Hey, maybe don't walk on the beach as much. You can get plantar fasciitis. Um, I think he'll put himself in a position to be ready, but I think it's going to be luck of the draw. Is he going to feel good for four days? Is he going to feel okay for four days? All that stuff. As much as leaving money on the table, there's no amount I wouldn't leave. Seriously. Uh, maybe I don't leave 10 grand, but this is a game theory week. The two easiest ways to be different are be contrarian and leave a lot of money on the table. And in a normal week, I'm fine with leaving $3,000 on the table. And we've seen the optimal lineups are rarely close to 50 grand and often leave multiple thousands of dollars on the table. And in a week like this, where the pricing is more spread out and uh, there's only 20 guys, like I'll leave 6K on the table. Like, what do I care? Right. I just don't, I just don't, I just think that's a better way to, um, to do this. Okay. So thoughts on cam young. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm like, I'm not, I'm like a four out of 10. I'm not concerned, but I do think that the last handful of starts have not nearly been as good as what we saw kind of in the summer where he was piling up these top 10 finishes and he was going nuts and he was gaining four, five, six, seven strokes off the tee. We have seen him not drive it as well, right? BMW championship 1.2 tour championship 1.8. We don't have the Zozo numbers, but he lost strokes to the field over the course of the week in that event, T53. And then the CJ cup, he was pedestrian off the tee. That's not the recipe that I like for Cam Young. I want to see him gain three to five strokes off the tee and then be savvy around the green and putt well. Um, so this is not super, super concerning because it's been a month and 
five weeks since we've seen him play, there's a really good really good chance he comes out and he's like, ah, yeah, I fixed that stuff with my coach. I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, so it's like a four out of 10. If five is average, I'm like a four out of 10. If you want to be different, you want to play Cam Young, go for it. But you need him to drive the ball better than he has in his last three measured starts if he's going to win this golf tournament. That's kind of the way I feel about it. If you get the first pick in the in the fantasy draft, who are you taking? Um, Alex says Rom. So I've I I've done my big board. I've done my top ninety six. I will I will share that soon. I'm I'm putting some content together. You know we're going to enter a couple of weeks here where there's not going to be a PGA Tour event. So the plan is to fill that time with a lot of more evergreen discussion. Talk about the draft rankings. Talk about the big board. Talk about everything like that. I will tell you, um, I have R- Rory one and I have Rom two. Okay, it was very close for me, uh, but Rom probably ends up playing less than Rory does, I think. And Rory, I, I, I'm, I'm so high on both of them. I have Rory one, I have Rom two. Spoiler alert: I have Tony Finau three. Okay, that's that's kind of how I feel about that. More on that coming up, but yes, that's um, that's the way that I would do. It. And I wouldn't, if you want to play John Rom, I wouldn't kill you there. Right. Like why, why, why would I, um, props. So Brett asked about props. So a couple of things, whoops, there we go. A couple of things. They have both the European tour up here and they've got the, the PGA tour up here and these birdie or better matchups. I know we haven't talked about these in a while. These have been just absolute bread and butter taking the over on whoever the headliner is. Now I will warn you, um, this field, because it is so strong, this is a week that I would not particularly just blindly hit these because I, I think you have to be more selective. On the Euro Tour, I think you can just blindly get them, right? Like Dean Burmeister versus George uh, Coetzee, or Coetzee. I don't know how, I forget how he pronounces it. Like, boom, hit it. Uh, Adrian Otegi over Juice Luton, hit it, right? Like, these, these are wrong, right? These these guys are, the headliners are much better. You take the you take the overs here. Um on the PGA tour side, the two that stand out to me for birdie or better matchups are Fleetwood. Who's been phenomenal over the last 12 rounds over Kisner, who I think is kind of in trouble here. And then Finau over homo, like what, what version of homo are we getting? Right. I mean, he's just had the baby. How much has he been playing? Finau has been rocking and rolling. Those are the two that I would target there. The other thing is um, three under, you know, Tiger himself called this a birdie fest. So you're getting a lot of pretty decent numbers. Like I think, I think the um, the wins are going to play a little bit of a factor, but not so much on Thursday. So we'll just we'll just do the win thing, right? So so here's here's the ten day, and what I love about the Bahamas, like look how look how just standard this is. You know, every night the wind dies down. Every morning it's windy, then it dies. It's just so so consistent. Thursday you're going to get gusted. It's going to be a little bit windier, 15 miles an hour, but Friday looks a lot worse. Friday looks like you're going to get winds in the twenties with gusts more than that. So I think you can lean on a little bit of these unders on Thursdays and the ones that stand out, the volatile guy like Jordan Spieth. I don't mind the Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood. I'm not kidding. Tommy Fleetwood last 12 rounds. I mean, last 24, he's the fifth best player in the field. Last 12 rounds. He's the second best player in the field coming off of a win. Like I'm, pretty high on Tommy this week. Uh, I'd be taking the less on, on his prop as well. So those are the ones that kind of stood out to me as I was going through it. Um, there's a link in the description for prize picks. If you want to get your, your deposit bonus, it's Rick is the code that you're looking for. (sighs) 
what's important at this course? So if you like the model, um, the model says around the green is more important here than any other golf course on the PGA tour schedule. There could be a lot of reasons for that. There's sand everywhere. Sometimes if you get gusted, especially on greens that are smaller than average, you might be missing these greens. And then guys with strong short games tend to have success. This does not mean you have to get up and down every single time, or you've got to hole out nine times to win this event. It just means that when you look at the entire year, Guys that have been near the top of the leaderboard in strokes gain around the green have been near the top of the leaderboard at the Hero World Challenge. That's that's the way to understand this. Um, distance, I think, well, I don't think distance has been highly correlated to success in the past. Plus, they added like another hundred yards onto this. Um, I, I, I think that I think that that's going to come into play as well. Which is again, which is why I like Kisner feels like it's and again i'm gonna get burned at one point just being like kisner has no chance of winning this i just feel like it's a really really uphill battle for him um i just i just don't love the way that this that this sets up for him okay sorry i was getting i was getting actually well why don't we just do this so i think i think on the scorecard it's like 7400 yards now so let's just do this let's just go to the holy grail and do Quartz is over 7,400 yards, like just for kicks, right? Like, let's look at this. Who's dead last? Kevin Kisner. Like, was that any, any of a surprise there? He loses three quarters of a stroke on golf courses that are over 7,400 yards. Let's actually just like go back a couple more years. Does he get any better? No, he gets worse. He's still dead last. This is back to the start of the 2020 season. It's actually worse if you go back further. What about adding another? Okay, a little bit better there, but we're talking about like four years of data that Kisner is kind of up a Creek here. Um, and that is not to say that like just the best players are kind of long as well, but like, look at Sung So last four dating, dating back to the start of the 2020 season, Sung has more rounds than anybody. And he's 7,800 bucks. And he's the fourth best on courses over 7,400 yards. Corey Connors, 6,300. Uh, this is actually kind of interesting because Corey Connors, you know, he's losing a bunch of strokes putting on these golf courses, but uh, he's a much better putter now than he used to be. So I bet you if we like look at his putting numbers over the last couple of years, or what about more recently? Well, I was trying to build the narrative for Corey. Eh, not as good as I was. Oh, because oh, I'm just still, I'm still in. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sometimes let me, let me get rid of the yardage thing because that doesn't really matter. Putting on long courses doesn't really matter. Yeah, there we go. And he's now, he's now a slightly positive putter. So Corey Connors is kind of interesting. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, some some football chat in the yeah Argentina is up one nothing. Um, can we look up? Oh, you know what? This is on me, Billy. So I used to have a button in the Holy Grail that you could click cut or no cut event, and in the, in the midst of some of the, I must've deleted it and not noticed it. So that's on me. So what I'll do, I mean, we've got time here. Um, I'm just going to quickly try to go through the ones that stand out to me as no cut events. So let's see. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom and just do like Zozo WGCs. Well, that was my echo, but like that, that's an easy one. We'll do the WGCs. We will do the tour championship. We will do uh, I'm just doing these off the top of my head. CJ Cup, Shriners, no tournament champions. Yes. Uh, am I missing any PGA Puerto Rico Presidents Cup Olympics? We can throw the Olympics in there. We can throw in Hero, obviously. 
We can do FedEx St. Jude because that's down to 70 no cut, right? I'm just, again, doing this off the top of my head. If I miss one, don't beat me up for it. BMW Championship. I think that's all of them. So here we go. So best players in no cut events. Uh, John Rahm one, Justin Thomas two, Xander Shoffley three, Scotty Scheffler four, Sam Burns, who I bet, I did bet Sam Burns, um, is fifth. And Sam Burns should have won this event last year. Like, let's be kind of clear here. And I got him at, I think, 20 to one. So yeah, you could do it like this. Um, worst player in no cut events, Jordan Spieth. Did we see that coming? He's worse than Max Homa. Why did I say it like that? Max Homa. Uh, wow. Jordo, not very good. Also, the 16 strokes he lost here last year does not help this. But boy, he has lost strokes in no-cut events in five of seven. This is the stuff I wanted to get into, right? A little sleepy Wednesday in December, no tiger. Like, come on. Like, what? Like, we can get into stuff like this. That's fine. That's fair. Thanks, Billy. Uh... Good afternoon, Rick. Hope all is well. Thank you. In this field, who are the top golfers around the green and the best contrarian play? All right, mate. Let's look into this. So we will do the Holy Grail, and we'll just do um, anybody in this field. What do you want to do last since the start of last season? That's that's kind of a lot of rounds. Most guys have 50 to 120 rounds. We'll just do around the green, make sure I don't have anything else checked. I don't. This is just PGA Tour events, but that's fine. Uh, Tommy Fleets. So here we go. So here's the case, Badger. Fleetwood is the second best player in the last 12 rounds. He is the best around the green player on a golf course that statistically around the green is more important here relatively to any other golf course on the PGA Tour. And the last time he played here, he finished third. Are we are we building? The, like, is Tommy just going to win this? Kind of feels that way or at least he's going to play well, kind of feels that way, right? Maybe I should have bet Tommy. Did I bet Tommy? No, I bet Rom and Burns and Victor, but that doesn't count. Rom and Burns were the two I bet. Maybe I should have bet Tommy. Maybe I should have bet Tommy. Fitzpatrick is two. Uh, then Billy Horschel, then Scotty Scheffler, then Sung J.M. So if you're looking for, or then Justin Thomas, then Sung J.M. Apologies to JT. I've just, I've just overlooked him. So there you go. Oh, and the best contrarian play? Um, Actually, give me one second because I just saw Mike Cavalunas, who does the projected ownership for rickrungood.com just updated the ownership like while I was, while we're on air. So let me just see what his updated ownership is and what he has. Okay. Um, I could give you a behind the scenes look. Is that what we want at this point? All right. This is, this is, this is the sheet that we use. Um, and I'll load this into the tools here in a second. Here's the behind the scenes look. This is updated as of like 10 minutes ago. So Straka, okay, probably Corey Connors might be your best contrarian play. If you want to swap off of Tom Kim at 40% to Corey Connors at 14, kind of interesting. The other one, if we want to get off of Morikawa, how about Shane Lowry? 17%. Morikawa, 40. Shane Lowry, 17 other than that, th those make the most sense to me. Let's look up um, Shane Lowry real quick. Because again, if you're only paying attention to PGA Tour events, you are not, I'm like that guy who's like, golf's played more places than America. It's true. One on the, on the European Tour, BMW PGA Championship, played well at the CJ Cup, and then was kind of middle of the road at the DP World Tour Championship where he lost a bunch of strokes ball striking, but that is his worst ball striking week in over a year. It's probably not going to happen again. 
And if you look at the power rankings, um, I mean, let's like, what do we want to do? 50 rounds? Shane Lowry is, where is Lowry? In terms of approach play, it's one of the best approach players we have out here, right? He's better than Connors. He's between Fleetwood and Connors in the last 50 rounds on approach. It's pretty solid stuff. Kisner's also going to be hammered every night here. That's possible. How excited are you for the Rory Tiger Sim League on the horizons? Do you think they'll be betting markets? Interesting. I don't know. I, I don't even really know the formats yet, but in general, quite excited. Uh, you might have heard me say this before that there are two distinct fan bases for golf in general. And that's a problem the PGA Tour has that not a lot of other leagues have. The one fan base is the one that the broadcast caters to, which is my dad, who's just checking in from the recliner in between naps on Saturday and Sunday and can name 12 golfers. My dad can name more than that, but like that, that demographic. And that's why the ads are Rolex and luxury cars and like pharmaceuticals and like all that stuff, right? The other fan base is the growing fan base, which is the, the sports betting fantasy younger audience that doesn't have the disposable income, but they're much more passionate and can name 150 golfers because they follow what Joel Damon and Hayden Buckley and everybody else do every single week. The Tiger Rory thing feels like it is catering towards that younger demo, which I think is exciting. And if you can play more, if you can see these guys hit shots more frequently or more rapidly, show it all on television, do it in an arena, it'll be really cool. I want to be involved in a different way. Like who's, do they need like a, like a, like an analyst? Hello? Who do I call? Do I just call Tiger directly and say, Hey, do you need somebody? I'll fly to wherever you're going to do this, you know, 14 times a year. And we'll knock it out of the park. We'll talk about betting odds. We'll do all the data stuff. So I don't know. I got to figure out how to get involved in that. Um, so Matt is saying uh, Straka might be worth a click. His words, not mine. 60 to one or more. Long, Bermuda. Let's look at what old Sep has been up to. The good news, it's, it's not pretty, Matt. The good news is that um, he is capable of popping. He's got those two runner-up finishes, and he played great at the Tour Championship. However, it is a lot of horrible stuff in between. And I just don't know what's super predictive about this. Like, is there a through line between Jackson, Atlanta, Wilmington, and Memphis? Other than it was just four weeks in a row, and he was probably feeling good about his game. Other than that, I'm not sure there's a huge through line between why he found success there. Um, so yeah, this is, I think it's a dart throw. And if you want to th throw a dart at 60 to one or 70 to one in a 20 man field, have at it. Oh, something happened in the soccer game. I won't say what, just in case you're DVRing it. Okay. Um, we are literally at the end of the question. So I knew this was going to be a little sleepy, a little slow. So I'm going to pause here for just a second. I'll give you an update on where we're at for, the season long stuff. And then if we're done, we're done. We'll all go eat lunch. It won't be a big deal. And we'll enjoy this golf tournament, you know, next week or uh, tomorrow. So let's, let's look at this. So if you want to play fantasy season long fantasy, this is the spreadsheet that we're working off of. Uh, there are currently as of five minutes before I started this 42 spots available in leagues right now. 
you want to go get a league, there are 42 spots available right now. You can do that. Um, if you do not see something that fits your fancy, whether it is by entry fee or matchup system or whatever, you can create your own. You can be the commissioner. It's, it's not that hard. It's a um, five-minute process, and then you're not really even in charge of anything. And if you run into any big issues, just let me know. But like, it's not that big of a deal. So um, let me show you how to get to this. So I guess, I mean, there's a couple ways to get to this. But just you should also follow this Twitter account, which is a Twitter account that I created for this, which is run good, at Run Good Fantasy. The pinned tweet is this post on my Substack. You can also get there by going to rickrungood.com or rickrungood.substack.com. So this will show you. You can join a league. All the instructions you need to join a league. Or if you want to start your own league, all of the instructions are here to start your own league. And then you can put it in that spreadsheet and fill it with other people and I'll promote it. It shows you step-by-step, step, five minutes. You can order a trophy. You can get your news and updates. You can fix your rankings. It is all there for you. Okay? So that is how you get into a league, start a league. Um, as of this morning, there were 487 people that were already in leagues. Congratulations. And we are still five weeks out from it starting. Um, what I've also done is I've created some leagues that I'm just going to be the treasurer of. So that's what you're seeing here. These five leagues, I'm not participating in these five. I'm already in eight. So I'm going to hold off for now. But these five, I'll at least just be the commissioner of and fill so that everybody can play. Um, the draft starts. The money's being held on fan tracks. I'll just be the treasurer and allocate the funds at the end of the season. That's kind of the way that I'm that I'm thinking about this. So that's, that's the update for... Um, for season long. And I've got a lot of stuff up my sleeve that I'm cooking for um, this league that I got a bunch of people to play in that we're going to draft in person. I don't know if this has been announced yet. So I've got, I've got a league that I worked really hard to find like people that could be really strong advocates for season long fantasy. And we are going to, we're going to draft live in studio in Las Vegas. Literally, I got everybody to fly in. This is wild. And we're going to do it in the blue wire studio at the win um, in January. If you're going to be around January 7th and you're going to be at the win, we will be there drafting. Uh, we will probably go to Circa afterwards. Okay. So uh, it, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be great. The boys are coming out. Um, I'll have more details on that, but it's good. It's going to be awesome stuff. What we're, what we're building is, is, is pretty cool. Um, all right. Season long ranks, maybe a top five. All right. Since you asked so nicely, here's my top five. I have I have it as Rory, Rom, Finau, Scheffler, Cantlay. That's my top five. I'll give you. I'll also give you sixty through sixty-five. Grillo, Merritt, Putnam, Straka, Poston, Hadwin, six golfers, sixty through sixty-five. Where does the first live golfer show up for me? Seventy-fourth, Cam Smith. That's my first live golfer. Um. So there you go. Those are the rankings. I will release them in full shortly. I just need to do a couple more tweaks. I need to figure out a better way to format it. I need to do all that stuff. You'll see that over the course of um, the next couple of weeks. How much facial hair will be left on December 1st? I was hoping to go get a haircut today. So I have a system in place. I mean, we're, we're at this point, right? So here's the system. I never go clean cut, right? So you trim the beard, then you go get a haircut and you have them match it 
so that it all grows together. Then you repeat the process. So I was hoping to go get a haircut today. We'll see if that happens. So if that happens, uh, not that much will be left on December 1st. But if I can't get there till tomorrow, I'm going to look exactly the same as I do right now. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to tell you guys. Season-long fantasy, we're going to lot, we're going to draft in person. It's going to be absolutely insane. We're going to have a power hour tonight, and Jock Market has new stuff going on. Um, the the website, rickrungood.com. Plug it. Here it is. I have a ton of stuff that I'm working on for the next couple of weeks that will hopefully be live January. And I'm stoked about all that. So lots of lots of new updates are coming there. Content wise, I have some ideas and I have most stuff I have most stuff um, planned out. If there's anything you want to see in the next four weeks, so next week is QBE, three weeks off, I and mean, there'll be PNC, there'll be here or uh, the match and all that stuff. If there's anything you want to see, ideally something that does not expire right away. Now is your chance. Te- tweet me, email me. Now is your chance to get that out there. What are you doing with Taylor Montgomery in season long? Quite high. Uh, I think I have him 15th. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. But you have to remember, there is, I have him, I have him 15th. There is a really fine line that we have to walk on volume versus average. And Taylor Montgomery might play a ton. And he's probably going to play a lot more than a lot of his peers. And if he is anything close to what we saw in the fall, where he made more birdies than anybody, where he played seven times and had like six top 15s, if he is anywhere close to that for 21 starts next year, he might be the highest scoring fantasy player in aggregate. So I'm quite high on Taylor Montgomery. Yes, there is a little gray hair coming in on the side and at the top too. Hmm. Will your draft be live? No. So um, it will not be live, but it will be posted probably within 12 hours the next day. So what we also did, I'm so stoked about this. So we also chose team names that were like franchises. Then I hired a guy to create our branding and our logos for each and every team. So I'll give you an example. Um, And I've already announced this. Joe Idoni's in the league, right? So his team is the Palm Beach Coconuts. So he is going to have, it's going to look like a a, a professional sports team and he's going to have a logo. It's going to have branding. So what we're going to do is with that information and with the picks, um, we're going to be inserting graphics in or Armina is going to be inserting graphics in. So it it will take a little bit of production uh, after the draft. It will not be live, but it'll be posted probably the next morning is, is, is probably the way that it'll, it'll end up going down. Anything else we can get out of here. It's up to you. We might be at the end here. Um, appreciate everybody's support. I mean, it's 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 awesome. We're going to keep rocking and rolling. A lot of people, a lot of people took advantage of the um, of the promo for RickRunGood.com, uh, and I think got what eighteen percent back, nineteen percent back is what is what they got. And I will tell you, and I've I've already said this before, for the first time in three years, I'm going to raise the prices of rickrungood.com on January 1st. They're not going to go up a lot. Um, I still think it'll be fair, but I want to invest some back into the site. And as I've told everybody, like there are people who are still paying $8 a month for it. 
because once you lock in your membership, no matter when it was, if you, if it's always active, it just, you're always getting that price. So I would suggest signing up if you haven't, and then don't cancel because you'll always get that price, uh, which I think is fair. I don't like changing the price on people who signed up for something already. All right. I think that'll do it. Oh, I don't have a producer today, so I have to sign off myself. Okay. Um, I'll see you tonight, 8.15 PM Eastern time. Jock market. It's going to be a lot of fun. 20 golfers. We'll talk through it all. Wishing you guys the best of luck. Um, and I'll talk to you soon.